Welcome to the NBA Front Office Show, bringing you inside rumors and transactions around the league with your hosts, Keith Smith and Trevor Lane. Brought to you by LakersNation.com and CLNS Media. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. So glad to have you here. And speaking of welcome back... Welcome back to the NBA. NBA basketball is back. We're going to talk all about about that. We are fired up here on the Front Office Show today. Before we dive into everything, make sure you're following the Twitter account at Front Office Show. And make sure if you're listening to this show, the podcast-only version, you rate, review, and subscribe over on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're finding us, Stitcher, whatever, doesn't matter. And if you're watching us on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel, don't forget to make sure you subscribe there and make sure you ring that notification bell so you get notified every time there's a new video coming out. Joining me, as always, I'm Trevor Lane for LakersNation.com, and with our powers combined, we've got Keith Smith here. Keith, you're from pretty much everywhere at this point, but <laughs> the, again, bottom line, NBA is back. I, I did a giant fist pump when the news broke this morning. We've been waiting for it, and finally that day is here. Yeah, no doubt. I've got a little co-host here with me today. Uh, I think he's appropriate uh, for the Very show, much. so he's gonna he's gonna sit in here and watch just off camera. Make sure I stay on key and don't get into too much trouble. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, I'm super psyched. You know, when uh, we knew it was getting close, so you and I have been increasingly more optimistic over the past few weeks um, that we were heading in this direction. And now, really, it sounds like it's you know, I don't want to say merely a formality, but pretty close to that. I, I was told that they expect nearly unanimous approval of their plan, which I know we're going to break down in depth to return to play. And then as far as the Disney side goes, that will set Disney on the path of how many rooms do they need, where, mm-hmm. how, for how long, and all those sorts of things. And then from that side, it becomes a lot of cross and T's and dot and I's and off we go. So I think we are just about there for this to start up. Yeah, and you know what? I am I'm really impressed because I went into this thinking and we're going to let's we're going to break down exactly what the plan is, but I went into this thinking, gosh, you know what? Somebody is going to be mad. Multiple teams are probably going to be mad no matter what option Adam Silver goes with. You're going to have teams that are upset, that are angry, that are unhappy. I think they've done about as good of a job as possible of making as many teams happy as they possibly can. I feel like they've they what they've come up with here this middle ground is is great i think they've done a tremendous job with it and again that's not to say everybody's going to be happy everybody's always going to have something to gripe about but in terms of satisfying the largest number of teams and keeping things as fair as possible i think adam silver's done a tremendous job yeah i agree and and i'd be curious if we get reporting down the line from someone of whose plan this actually was like like who proposed this 22 team plan because you know it came from somebody or a collection of of somebody's to to get there because yeah maybe phoenix (laughs) and washington combined on that one right Um, you know is uh maybe um but you know we because i think it was a week ago we were talking and it was i think they're down to these four kind of plans a week Mm -hmm. before that it was like here's the 28 different versions this could go in and in that and and i'm with you I, i know there's a couple teams the atlanta hawks really wanted to come back they they wanted to play uh members of the chicago bulls wanted to play the charlotte hornets really kind of led by michael jordan wanted no part of coming back and playing the the golden state warriors their front office and coaching staff were really out on coming back and playing but i think you know adam silver said someone's going to be unhappy or multiple someone's are going to be unhappy but we have to you know do what's best for the league as a whole and i think the plan they hit on ultimately does that 
Yeah, yeah. And let's just to break down what the plan is. So 22 teams are coming back. Teams within six games of their eighth and final playoff seed in their conference are coming back. So that means in the East, you've got the Washington Wizards. In the West, it's five teams. You've got the Blazers, the Spurs, the Pelicans are coming back. You've also got the Phoenix Suns sneaking in there, as well as the Sacramento Kings. And the Suns are actually at the bottom. They are six games back, which we'll talk all about that. But then, the way they came up with this, because we were wondering, what is this going to look like? How do you how do you still give a team like, say, the Memphis Grizzlies or the Orlando Magic an advantage for the fact that they are in the eighth seed right now? And what the NBA settled on, and this is from uh, Shams Tarania broke this, the idea is that if when they finish playing eight games, every team's going to come back and play eight games. Once they finish those eight games, if whoever is in the eighth seed is four games or more up on the next closest team, then that's it. It's done. No play in tourney. That team is the eighth seed. That team is going to the playoffs. If it's less than that, then you're going to have a playoff tournament and you're going to have the nine seed playing the eight seed. The eight seed is in double elimination, which means they have to get defeated twice. The nine seed would only have to lose once. So the example I gave earlier on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel was, let's say it stays the same in the West, and you've got the Grizzlies in the eight seed and the Blazers in the nine seed, and everything stays as is through eight games. The Blazers and Grizzlies would play. And if in the first time they play, the Blazers win, they would then play another game, and whoever won that game would be the team to get the playoff spot. Whereas if they played the first game and the Grizzlies won, that's it. It's done. The Grizzlies would have the playoff seed. So I like that. I like that they've kind of set they've set a very reachable goal for whoever that eighth seed is to just secure their spot. They only have to go up uh, have to be up four games, which if you look, the Orlando Magic are in a really good spot to do that. And the Memphis Grizzlies only have to increase their standing a little bit. But for those teams that are trailing too, it's an achievable goal for them as well to get themselves into, at the very least, that ninth seed and earn themselves a playoff spot. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what did I mean? Sorry, I was just pulling up the standings in case I needed them. Um, but what, what to me makes a lot of sense with this is you had the NBA, what they said they did was they went back and looked historically at how far teams with about an average of 15 games to play or so, how far they had made up deficits in the past. And that was to, you know, seen to be historical precedents for six games. So that's mm-hmm. why they landed on the Suns and the Wizards. Now there's also a piece there of a couple more teams, a couple more games that get put on TV, a little more revenue coming in. So that's not yep. exactly. Yep. So let's not be, uh, let's not be, you know, crazy enough or, you know, naive enough to believe that doesn't matter as well. Cause it clearly does. So I think what you're really looking at here is, is a plan that satisfies the competitive balance as best you can in this, uh, you know, weird kind of resumption of the season that we're in, as well as it brings additional revenue in. So in a lot of ways, this is kind of a win-win plan and I, I like it. And I, and I'm with you that they protected those teams that are currently in the playoffs. If they can't uh, win enough to stay ahead by the margin needed or then win two out of three games, well, then, you know, you, you had your chance. That's kind of how I right. feel about it. Yeah, absolutely. And and now, so the question becomes, what does that eight-game schedule look like? Because I think that's going to be really key, especially if you look at this, this dogfight in the West. Are they just taking a chunk of the team's schedule? I don't know. I don't know that we've heard. Perhaps I missed it, but I haven't seen anything yet on exactly what that schedule looks like because that could be a major factor, although I still think even if we today, like if we say a team is has a really tough schedule, if they're playing against teams that are, say it's like the Lakers, 
or like uh, or or like you've got the the Bucks or some of these teams at the top where they're pretty locked into their spots. How hard are those teams going to be playing? Are they going to be going to be playing their starters? So even if we look at it and say, oh, you know, the Blazers got a really tough draw, that might not be the case. But I'm really curious to see what the actual schedule will look like. Yeah, because you're absolutely right off uh, just pure strength of schedule. It looks like the Lakers are the team you don't want to play at all. But if you get into a spot where it is, you know, the Lakers are just kind of treating these as warm up slash preseason games. Well, then, you know, why, you know, maybe that is the team you want to draw. Same thing with the Bucs or, you know, any number of other teams. I think it's going to be interesting to see how they balance it. I'm curious if they make it just as easy as, you know, the 18 or the nine teams in the East all play play each other once and the teams in the West play each other once and you miss out on playing a couple teams. Mm -hmm. That's curious to see how that'll come together. So I'm definitely, you know, uh, interested. And we know there's going to be screaming and yelling from some parties involved somewhere and someone won't like their seed or won't like the fact that they didn't get in and quite frankly i mean the pelicans have a gripe because they had i think two games left against the Cavs and you know a bunch of other easy games so so i get where they're coming from on it too so so we'll ultimately see you know where it goes from and you know how it all comes together but you know at the end of the day everyone's going to be given a chance and this really starts to come back to you do what you can on the floor to get in and then my other piece is just again. I'm not naive. I'm not going to be overly worried about who's playing the Bucks and the Lakers in the mm-hmm. first round because you're probably out in four or five games as it is anyway. Yeah, it could be. You know, I am. I, I think it adds an, an, a little bit of excitement though, because you're going to like okay, the East, sure. the East, not so much, right? Like I look at the East standings and I see the Washington Wizards are five and a half games back from the Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic have a negative point nine point differential, whereas the Wizards is a negative a negative four. Like there's a pretty big difference between these two teams. The Magic are clearly the better team. I think that's going to be a little bit more ho hum. Like I don't think the Wizards are going to be making a push for that eighth seed really. But I look in the West and I think, man, this is going to be exciting just to see these teams scrapping to get a playoff spot. And if it turns into LeBron versus Zion in the first round, or even Damian Lillard versus versus the Lakers and versus LeBron like that's some excited there's something on the line here for the NBA there's something on the line for those teams that are in the mix and you look at the difference between them just in terms of point differential they're all right in the same grouping these are some pretty high quality teams here and uh and so I'm excited to see what that that whole dogfight looks like and I would say if there's a way to do this and I don't know if there is but I would like to see those teams, the Grizzlies, the Blazers, Pelicans, Kings, Spurs, and Suns, play each other as much as possible so that you get a, a, the most accurate result as far as having the best team come through. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I'm with you. I think think that, you know, I, you know, quite frankly, is just a fan of the game. I wanted to get to the play in tournament part. I don't want to do this eight games and just, you know, the Magic are up, you know, five or six games and the Grizzlies are up, you know, five games and and it's done i would like to get to the play in part because yeah. i think that gives us a you know some some really fun but i can understand from those teams fans perspective whether well wait a minute like come on we kind of earn this but i think again the nba is giving you eight games to increase your lead a little bit yeah. and if you can't do that you're you still going to be beaten two times in three games to to get knocked out and i think that's you know really really important so keith let's look at the standings real quick and just do a quick glance and see within an eight game period what could what could change. I mean, I'm looking at you know the Pacers and the 76ers could very easily swap places there in the in the Eastern Conference. The Miami Heat are only two games up on the Pacers. Like a lot of these, the playoff seedings here are not set in stone. Even the Orlando Magic are only a, are only what half a game 
back of the seven seed with, with the Brooklyn Nets. Yep. Like that's they're right there. I could see a lot of and with that one. Like, yeah, and with that one too. Now it's going to be completely different. But most of the models had the Magic overtaking the Nets mm-hmm. for the the seven seed just because they had an easier schedule down the stretch. And the Magic were starting to come on. They were playing some of their better basketball over the last uh, you know let's call it a couple weeks uh, leading into the shutdown. Yeah, it's definitely in the Eastern Conference. You know, as I look at it. Me, the Bucks are locked in. They're going to finish one. There's right. no, you know, unless they come and say, you know, we're not playing anybody and they lose all eight games and, and the Raptors would have to even then still win all eight There's games. Six and to a half that back. Yeah. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Um, You know, the Celtics, yeah, maybe they catch Toronto, but probably not. But I think they're probably more locked into three. Mm-hmm. Then it looks like they're the three behind Toronto in the two seed, uh, two and a half up on Miami. Somebody did the math earlier. I think it was uh, Miami would have to go seven and one if Boston went four and four um, to, to beat them out, which I think that makes sense math wise. I didn't do it myself. Um, but yeah, so I, I think, yeah, you're really looking four, five, six, and then seven, eight. Those are your races there. And then maybe the Wizards, you know, play, you know, completely out of their mind. I wouldn't count it out with Bradley Beal. You know, that guy can win a game or two all on his own. So, you know, maybe that is. But five and a half games, they've got to make up a game and a half just to get into the playoff portion. And right. That's, you know, that sounds easier said than done with only eight games to play. That's that's still a pretty big task to pull that off. Yeah, eight games to play is not much to make up ground. So that's where you look at, you know, the Grizzlies. You can say, okay, they're three and a half, half games up. All they have to do is extend that by half a game and they're and they're free and clear, right? So that's a very reachable goal uh, for them as well. But then, you know, looking at the West, we know Boyan Bogdanovich is gone now for the Utah Jazz, and they're only one game up on the sixth seed. Like they they could very easily fall a couple of, a couple of spots here. They could fall to the sixth seed, uh, depending on how things play out. I look at the uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder and Houston Rockets are both nine and a half games back. They're tied there. I feel like the Lakers are pretty safe with the Clippers being the closest at five and a half games back. Um, but I look at, but those three teams really, I look at those and I think, okay, the jazz, the thunder and the rockets, there could be a lot of movement there. And I think the Denver nuggets could actually catch up to the Clippers. If, uh, for some reason they still, the Clippers still want to load manage or something like that. Yeah. And that is a possibility because what I was told is these eight games are going to be played in a two week period, four games per day or per day per week. Um, you know, so when you play four games per week, that's, you know, roughly playing every other day, um, in that period. And that's, you know, something that we could definitely see them, uh, still, you know, sit guys out, especially if, you know, if a guy comes out of this training camp portion and it's like, yeah, he's a little nicked up. He's, you know, dealing with something, a little bit of soreness. And it's like Kawhi Leonard, hundred percent, it's sit him out and we'll, Mm -hmm. we'll let the playoff matchups fall, you know, where they do. Now I will say, um, you know, one of the interesting thing is right. The jazz, even the, the Mavericks, they're two and a half games back all the way down in seven. You know, they're not that far back nope. either. So, you know, again, you know, big, big ask, you know, but I think, you know, it's really interesting there. And then the, the teams kind of chasing Memphis again, just like in the East, you know, it's a little easier because it's only three and a half, four games for most of them. But to make up that ground, that's 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 difficult. But at least they're going to have that opportunity and we'll see what it looks like. You know, I'm glad that you brought up the Mavs. That was one of my big points of contention with the plans that we were hearing for a while there. We were hearing that it could be a seven through 12 tournament with those final two spots, both eight and seven being up for grabs. And I thought in no way whatsoever was that fair to the Mavericks, who are ten and a half games up on the nine seed, the Portland Trailblazers. So now they're they're pretty much they're they're I mean, 
I guess if they lost every game and Memphis won every game, then they could, you know, they could switch places, but most likely the Mavs are locked in. So I was glad to see that. I didn't think they deserved to be, be lumped into that group. No, I'm with you. I, I, I'm hundred percent there. You played as well as they did 40 and 27. You know, you're, you're a playoff team. You, you know, you don't need to be in the mix of, you know, any kind of nonsense. And again, even if they're one and done, I want to see Luke in the playoffs. I want to see Chris Porzingis in the playoffs. You know, Rick Carlisle is going to have something, mm-hmm. you know, for whatever that, that first round playoff series is. So I want to see, you know, that team in the playoffs. I don't want to, you know, uh, you know, I didn't want to get into a weird spot, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, just like I think you are love basketball. So I don't care, you know, who it is. I'm going to watch, you know, no matter what these games are and who these teams are. But I do think, you know, we, this is the best setup. I sound like a broken record now, but it's best set up to put the best teams and those teams that get in, in the end, they'll have earned it. You know, and I feel pretty comfortable in saying that. Yeah. And, you know, when this thing, again, I, I went into this pretty skeptical thinking, you know what, this, this is going to be really hard to figure out. You're going to get some teams that are unhappy. How do you give the eight seed a good advantage? How do you, but still give these other teams a legitimate shot so that they can't, you know, like the Blazers and the Pelicans and stuff can make the argument that, hey, we probably would have caught the Grizzlies. I think they've done a great job of navigating a very, very delicate balance between giving that eight seed an advantage, but also providing an opportunity for those other teams to catch up that they would have lost out on if they had just gone straight into the playoffs. So uh, again, kudos to the NBA. I'm very impressed by uh, by what they've pulled off here. And we've been hearing too, Keith, that there's talk of perhaps expanding rosters a little bit. I know you had something on that. So that could be a little bit of strategy here as we head into what becomes the, the playoffs and eventually maybe a play-in tournament. Yeah, so there's a couple of things that teams are asking the NBA for is they would like lenience uh, due to injuries. If anything crops up or if, you know, anybody happens to get sick and mm-hmm. comes down with this, they would like at a minimum, they want their two way players to be eligible for the playoffs. Currently, as it stands today, two way players are not eligible. They would like the game day roster, several teams rather than being 13 active players bumped up to 15 um, is something they've asked for. I even know that there's a couple of teams that have said we want 20 man rosters to come in. Now you can only have 13 to 15 active on game day. Right. We want to be able to add a few extra players just because, you know, if anything happens, because this is a different environment. You're asking a lot of these guys to get fully ready. There's not going to be time to, because it's a condensed uh, window to play these games in. There's not going to be time to really recover from things uh, like you might have had in a normal playoff environment. So I think, you know, we are really starting to get into a spot here where teams are going to start pushing. What I was told is right before we started recording was, as a team said, yeah, that's all still, you know, up. the whole idea was what's the format? Let's get that decided on. Then we'll get in all the details as far as rosters and roster sizes. So I think that's all going to be to come here probably within the next, let's call it week. Um, we'll get all those details as well. I think that's going to be something fascinating to, fascinating to look at because some of the, the justification for not bringing back all 30 teams is, hey, we are reducing the number of people there. You know, we're therefore reducing the risk. Right. So, but if teams suddenly want twenty man rosters, what what was the point of not bringing back? You know, I mean, you're then you're you're shifting things again, and you're adding more people when you just subtracted some. So, I think it'll be interesting to see what the NBA goes with. I like the idea of making your two way contracts eligible. I also wouldn't mind seeing a few extra players added to a roster. Maybe maybe adding up to twenty might maybe that's excessive. I don't know, but I like the idea in theory of adding some pieces to to a roster just so you ha- make sure that you have enough healthy bodies and i think it's the kind of thing that the nba has shown that they can adapt to changing situations so uh i, I wouldn't mind seeing that go through at all 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, um, it's going to be important because you need to get this to a place where you just don't want a team the whole season to be wrecked because you're missing multiple players. Mm-hmm. That's you know, what it comes down to. If one guy rolls an ankle and he's out for two weeks, that happens every year. We see that. I mean, the NBA finals last year, Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant both got injured in the middle of the finals and were out. Uh, we saw that with, you know, the Cavaliers showed up with uh, LeBron James, me, you, and two other dudes um, to play the Warriors that one year. It's just, you know, that happens. So it really is, um, you know, I think it's one of those things where this is just, it happens regularly. But the chance for this to happen, I think, is greater now just because of how quickly everything is moving. So they want to make sure that they're taken care of. So, Keith, I, I agree with you 100 percent on that. And I'd like to see that that brought in. But one of the thing that's popped up here and that I've noticed is I don't know how the league is going to handle this. So what about the draft picks? What about the tanking team? So I, I saw a tweet going out earlier where someone was advocating the Wizards losing all eight of their games because they have no shot against the Bucks in the first round anyway, and then they could actually drop a little bit by percentage and get a better lottery odd versus teams like the Hornets, the Bulls, etc. that are that are stagnant. Do you have any thought on how the NBA is going to handle that? Nope, and that's the that the rosters, um, you know, just some of the things about the Disney bubble. Um, we have all been kind of hammering on uh, those questions, and one of them is the draft and the draft lottery. And how does that work? Does it are the Wizards and Suns and whoever else gets knocked out? Are they kind of locked in where it is now with the rest of those teams when it comes to the lottery? Is that what we're going to do, or are we going to count these games that they play into the lottery and those kind of things? And I have not heard a clear answer on that. I think the simplest thing is to say whatever the 14 teams are that aren't in the playoffs it's affect their their records and position in the draft lottery in the draft is effective at the um where the season was paused because right. i think that is fair and even for all then you move on from there as far as doing other things yeah i agree 100 i would just i would lock it i would say you're done because those teams that are static don't have an opportunity to go do other things to go lose more games in theory right so that i think that's the the fairest way to uh to approach that situation but uh we'll see how the nba handles it and the other thing that that's come up and this actually broke uh last night and this was from dave McBenman of espn was that not only are is there concern on that end but there's also been concern from teams at the top and he didn't mention specific teams but we can assume you're probably looking at this this you know this coalition of the top teams. You're probably talking the Lakers, the Bucks, the Raptors, the Celtics, uh, the Clippers, the Nuggets, teams like that that are in that that upper echelon are a little frustrated that they are losing home court advantage, that that's going to be gone, which there's no getting around that, and so they want some sort of compensation for that. Uh, Keith, what are your thoughts on that? that concept to begin with and then some of the things that have been proposed i don't know that it goes through but just what, what's your take yeah my my general take on that is wah 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 like i mean i, I get it but it's you know like there's nothing that can be done about it it's you know you're gonna have to deal with it one way or another i don't want anything crazy that starts to make it a different game you know i saw one one uh person throughout on twitter i don't want to say who it is because i consider him to be you know relatively uh credible usually it was like maybe those teams should start with a two or three point advantage each game and it's like well, what do we doing here like no we're not this is not a gambling line this is you know we, we have to play these games so you know i do i agree that they're losing something absolutely yeah. 
I, you know, 100% agree that they're losing something. I don't know um, that it is, uh, you know, I don't know that it is, um, uh, that that there's much you can do about it, though. Maybe an extra timeout or an extra coach's challenge, maybe that is fine for the higher seed in those games or the team that would be the uh, quote-unquote home team, um, you know, that that could be, you know, done. I That maybe makes some sense there. Um, but what I will say, you know, is with that is it's going to be um, – Yo, well, what do you do now? You know, I'm hearing some stuff as far as, you know, well, let them pick a hotel right. at Walt Disney World. That's not a thing. That's not going to happen. Walt Disney World's not giving the NBA 22 different hotels. That's not that's not a thing that's going to happen. It was never part of the plan to begin with anyway. At that point, you might as well just, you know, uh, the, Disney wouldn't be opening. There, there's already multiple hotels on Disney property that are allowing guests to book stays during the time that the NBA will be on property as well. So it's just not going to happen. It is, um, you know, they're, they're going to give them, you know, a couple hotels, uh, may, maybe as many as three, and then they're going to work with the, the NBA on how those are assigned. Maybe the NBA does something as far as preference within that, but I don't think that's going to be the case either. The whole hotel draft, as much as the NBA and Disney nerd in me is like, please, love of God, give me a hotel draft. I would love to break <laughs> that down. It's just not going to happen. That's not going to be a thing. So I, I agree. It doesn't make a lot of, a whole lot of sense. It's like, you know, getting dibs on the, on the top bunker. <laughs> whatever that's that's what they're going with there but um i I understand their gripe and i understand people are going to say oh it's the rich getting richer and all that but at the same time like if you're if you're trying to make sure that you don't have an asterisk wouldn't i mean teams like the bucks they fought all season for the number one seed in the entire league and now they're not going to get that advantage like that's got to be a little bit frustrating for them that they don't get home court advantage throughout the playoffs which which can matter um i'll tell you what the extra coach coaches challenge Whatever. I, I don't think that's that's that yeah. big of a deal. Personally, um, I don't want that. The game we don't need any more stoppages no, that last way too long. I don't like that. The like, first dibs on the hotel thing, that's not that's not happening. Um the yeah. one I saw one player get seven fouls instead of six. I like Dwight Howard would love that. Daniel Tice might might yeah. love that. Daniel Tice would yeah, that's your lock pick. Right. Yeah. For the for the Celtics to get to be that. So yeah. But I'd be I, I don't know about that one. But the craziest one that I saw was transport your home floor to Orlando, and then you get to play yes, on your, so that's on your a, home actually floor. on the table. That's nuts. Um, br- briefly, like how much yeah, does it, it cost a, it to is, transport yeah. your floor for the Lakers? Say across the country, like that that can't be cheap. I mean, the last time I moved my personal basketball court, <laughs> it was about no. Um, yeah, it's not going to be cheap. It's also so. Disney's open to the idea. Disney has mm-hmm. the courts available to, to you know, assemble and set up. They do it all the time anyway. So they're not overly like, well, we don't have any, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, courts here. So we need something to come in. Um, but they're open to it. Here's your challenges. That one is to store them mm-hmm. is, you know, in between games is a little crazy. And then just the setup and the assembly and disassembly. Of those courts, I don't, I don't know how you do that when you're going to be playing multiple games a day in the same gyms. I know these these uh, court crews are fantastic mm-hmm. at setting up and breaking things down, but we'll see. Hey, want to get into? I don't know if you saw it. Just uh, kind of broke here while we while we've been recording. So Vince Goodwill from over at Yahoo Sports says the plan is for teams to continue their schedule as planned with their next eight games as scheduled. Oh. If a team is scheduled to play the Hawks, Bulls, Pistons, etc., it moves on to the next. Next game on their schedule. League sources tell Yahoo Sports. So that is kind of interesting to see how they put that together. Oh. You know, uh, because it's uh, I've got you know people uh, tweeting at me on Celtics Twitter already. 
that would give Boston the Bucks, Wizards, Raptors, Nets, Wizards again, Grizzlies, Trailblazers, and Heat. Um, so I guess like you're already going to kind of play those games out. But I look at a team like the Pelicans, which had several teams on their schedule, I believe, that weren't going to be involved in this. You're going to have to fill in those eight games somehow, and they're going to get filled in with uh, Lakers, Clippers, you know, other teams. I, I'm not so sure about that one. Yeah, I'm looking right now. Six, <laughs> seven. There it is. Eight. Ha. The Blazers and the Grizzlies would play twice in that span if you skip over the teams that are gone. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. That, that, could, that could completely shift the, the entire conference or the entire race there, right? And in fact, the, based on this, the Blazers would start against the Grizzlies and finish against the Grizzlies. Imagine that. Yeah, right. Wow, okay. All right. Be something. I mean, you know what? It's probably the most fair way to do it, just to say, hey, whatever your schedule was, and, and that's it is what it is. Um, but interesting. Interesting that those the, the games are going to play. And of course, you can say, then do you fill in? I, I guess you're just skipping. I don't think any team would run out of games played at that point, so you can't be accused of bias by, like, filling in. Like, say, okay, the I'm here on the, the Blazers schedule. The Blazers are playing the Timberwolves, or we're supposed to on March 17th. You're not going to slot the Lakers into that spot. Instead, you're just going to skip that game, and they're going to go to the March 19th game against the Dallas Mavericks. Am I am I understanding that right? That's how I understand okay. it. I, I you know we'll, we'll see. I don't know that that is uh you know uh, fully dis- decided. I guess I, you know I, it's interesting. I, I you know I'm, I you know clearly I believe Vince. He's tied in pretty well. He knows stuff, mm-hmm. so. I think he's, you know, speaking from a place of, uh, you know, he's not making a guess at this, clearly. So I'm curious to see how that works out with those teams that they they don't have eight teams uh, left on their schedule that are in the 22-team bubble. That makes sense. Makes sense. Well, um, you know what? Look, we're we're kind of going to do things on the fly, and that's what the NBA has to do. They've got to make decisions as they go. uh, New Orleans and Memphis would play twice, too. Ooh, would they? Yeah, so Memphis yeah. gets uh, gets Andrew New Orleans. Lopez just tweeted. Uh, Pelicans' remaining schedule will be Clippers, Jazz, or excuse me, Kings, Kings, Jazz, Clippers, Spurs, Grizzlies, Kings, Grizzlies, Magic. Wow. So those teams will be playing each other a lot. Anyway, yeah. that's probably part of the thing, part of what the NBA was looking at, and they thought, okay, this is a pretty fair thing. Um, I know we get a lot of people obviously on the Lakers nation YouTube channel watching this. So just to run through the Lakers schedule real quick, we've got, uh, we've got, they would have the Rockets, the Nuggets, the jazz, the jazz, the Raptors, the Pacers and the Kings. If I'm doing that right. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, and the thunder eight. So basically we had talked about how the, the Lakers schedule got a little bit tougher, but they had a lot of like kind of easier teams sprinkled in those easier teams are, are gone. So they'd be skipping like their games against the Hornets, the Pistons, the Cavs, uh, games like that. So that's, that's interesting. But in, in any event, at least we have some clarity on that. And, uh, and again, I, I can't fault the NBA for going that route because they're trying to keep things as fair as possible and avoid that, that dreaded asterisk tag, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I apologize if we're a little sloppy. Uh, with this. <laughs> it's breaking we're, news, we're, people. We, Come uh, on. That's it, right? We're, you know, we'll be breaking news probably by the time you all listen to it, but it's breaking news to us right now. So we're, uh, we're reacting to this live in the moment. So and doing the best we can. And I'm, I'm trying to tweet and read things at the same time. And, uh, you know, I'm uh, probably not giving Trevor the attention he deserves here. And I'll be honest, I tuned out a little on the Lakers schedule. Sorry. Man. <laughs> I, I don't know that it really matters. I think they're just fine. Um, you know, but oh I no, think, I'm not. No, yeah, I'm not worried about know, their record. I'm just, I just want to see who they're playing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, now, yeah, absolutely. Clearly, I think this is going to be really, really interesting um, with how this, uh, you know, comes together. And that this, you know, just kind of looking at it, starts to make sense. Um, you know, if you do it only with the bubble teams, maybe you're really looking at, hey, put those teams against each other. To that's how you're going to decide this thing, and that you know could be the way to go versus creating something new, which I think opens you up to a whole bunch of, you know, screaming and yelling and things that are, uh, you know, ah, oh, that was not fair. You, you know, angled it to get the Pelicans in or whatever. If you just played out, oh, hey, this was most of what your schedule was. This is most of what your schedule was, and off we go. Yeah, agree a hundred percent. And you know what, Keith, you mentioned this. I believe you mentioned it on the last show. Maybe it was something you mentioned off air. But, but in any event, we had a conversation, and you were talking about how one of the things that's maybe getting overlooked is that logistically, there's a lot of people in the NBA front office that would like to keep things as simple as possible. And this is a very simple solution while still maintaining that that air of fairness. Yeah, absolutely. They are one hundred percent. There's this belief of. This is all so complicated. Why are we going to add all these things? Mm-hmm. Well, why were we going to add these things that would do, um, you know, why, why would we add these things like the uh, group stage or, you know, one to 16 seeds and reseeds and eliminate conferences and all this other stuff? They're like some parts of this just need to be simple so that everybody knows what to expect and you move on and off we go because so much of the rest of this is really complicated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what, Keith, before we, uh, before we wrap things up here today, Today, I do want to talk a little bit about um, what this means, though. The NBA coming back, because one of the one of the big things that we've been talking about now for, for months that we've been without NBA basketball is about what sports coming back will mean to the country. And obviously, there's some very, very important and very difficult things that are going on in, in the country right now. And certainly, like our show here, we're not trying to take away attention from any of that, but sometimes you need that little bit of distraction. Right. That's that's kind of what we're all about right now. When we talk about about sports, knowing that there are things that are happening that are way more important than than us and and basketball and what we're doing. Um, But when you look at the sports landscape, I'm so happy to see what the NBA did, because a few weeks ago we were in a spot where the NBA had nothing concrete. We had no idea when they were coming back. And Adam Silver was, you know, deflecting, deflecting, which he should have. But he was deflecting like crazy. And MLB seemed like they were gaining traction. And MLS was gaining traction. And my thought was, it's going to look really bad if baseball says they're back, MLS says they're back, the NHL comes back, and the NBA still can't get things figured out. And seeing the reaction to Major League Baseball right now, who still can't figure out their their stuff, can't get things together, whereas the NBA gets to gets this this big you know boost of hey we're back MLS is back also today obviously overshadowed a little bit by NBA. Seeing the position baseball is in right now, I'm so glad that Adam Silver and the NBA were able to put this together. 
Yeah, I'm with you. Absolutely. I think it makes the most sense for um, uh, the NBA. I think it is. They, they've done a great job of compromising where it needs to be compromised. They have worked together very much with the players. I think they, this just goes to show when you have a good working relationship with your players and your players association, how important that is. You know, Major League Baseball, I tweeted today, see you in 2021 because yeah. this is a mess. And then I think I even said maybe. Because it's just a disaster. The things that they keep trying, it's it's we're just gonna uh, antagonize each other even more, you know, on this. So I think it's gonna be really, um, uh, you know, curious to see ultimately how this all comes down and comes together. It's gonna be, um, you know, it's uh, you know, for these other sports. Now, you know, I think. I think baseball is going to be left out in the cold, quite frankly. I think we're going to get the NBA and the NHL back here soon. Mm-hmm. MLS is closing in on a deal with Disney um, as well, and their plans are starting to come together. Football is just kind of moving forward. They're doing their with, thing. You know, yeah, they're going to have 80,000 people in the stands if they can by you know, right. opening kickoff weekend. Um, you know, but it's uh, – and I say that facetiously. I don't think they really are. Um, you know, but I think it is um, you know, going to be really, really interesting um, with that. I, I think it's going to be, um, you know, is a uh, you know, very very interesting um you know to see how this looks as it comes together in a global sports landscape because i think major league baseball there's been this sense that they're falling behind anyway yep. and i think they are going to really really fall behind from there so so i think that is uh you know what it um you know is that that's you know sad for them but you know kudos to the nba i don't know enough about the nhl so i don't want to really speak on it yeah. um you know with the nba i clearly know a lot about kudos to them for you know coming together in the right way they got all the right people involved are there pit, you know pitfalls in this and all chances for things to go bad but but you know i am really curious to see what that looks like yeah you know what like okay so for nhl what i believe is going on and this is again i don't follow it very closely at all but uh, but they they're doing an expanded playoff. They they're going straight into their playoffs, but they expanded the number of teams that actually make the playoffs. But bottom line, they came to an agreement, right? They came up with something. And my concern was that all these other leagues were going to be on board and they were going to be a go. And then by contrast, the NBA was going to be that that league that wasn't there yet and didn't have things figured out yet. And uh, it's been a pleasant surprise that they have put things together and they have figured out a plan. And we're seeing the danger of it with, I mean, what a completely blown opportunity here by baseball. They could have been back and they could have been that sport that was leading the way and, and been getting that kind of been providing that morale boost for the country that's that sports can provide. And instead they're squabbling and fighting. And like you said, it's going to drop them down for, they could have won over, maybe it's not a ton, but they could have won over new fans if they were the first yep. sport back on. And instead, they're whoever was back. Absolutely. Yeah. Whoever came back. I mean, dude, I don't watch Bundesliga soccer. And but I've been I have watching been it because it's there. I have a I have a great friend who, you know, he's never watched a NASCAR race in his life mm-hmm. and he's all over those right now. So, yeah, I mean, don't like, it is just, you know, really nonsense that, you know, they they are not taking advantage of this and making this work. You know, it's really, really, um, you know, annoying. And mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how that ultimately comes together. Yeah. But but again, big picture here in terms of our show and everything. Full credit to the for the to the NBA for pulling this off and Disney for making it happen and Keith for everybody following your plan, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's exactly it, man. It's, you know, all, all credit to me on this one. No, that's not not the case at all. I'm just, you know, if, if by any sense I was any small part in this, I am super, super happy. On, on that note, I do want to throw one last thing out there because I this was just an idea that bounced in my head last night as a quite frankly, I was wrapping up and getting ready to shut down for the evening was we saw with the Bundesliga to bring them back up again. They, they pay, fans could pay to bring in some revenue for those clubs to have their face put on a cardboard cut out and then that that was put in the stands and there they, that obviously you have to have a very advanced screening process to make sure no nonsense right. gets in there it sounds like uh, that that was tried down in australia in a rugby league and uh some uh, very offensive um uh, faces got through on that so you got to really be careful um the way you do this but my thought was there's not going to be a lot of fans in the crowd anyway you know maybe families get in there at some point maybe the players who aren't playing are there um to some level but my thought was you could sell these cardboard cutouts with a face on it i don't know what price point you set on it but make it make it really really expensive so the rich people are doing this because they want to be seen there at these games even as a cardboard cutout and then you donate all of the money that you make to that to proceed to to all the proceeds from that to different black lives matter uh charities around the country you know work with a couple to really you know set things up and i think that could be you know something the nba could do to do a lot of good for the community um so that idea was just kind of floating around in my head is another way you could be you know, uh, get a lot of good out of this NBA Disney idea. Okay, that, that's a fantastic idea. I love that. I, I would like to see something. Like that. I I pity whoever would have to screen all of the faces and making sure, sure. that there wasn't anything inappropriate getting through. But otherwise, I mean, that's that's a fantastic idea and a great way for the NBA to send a positive message. And you know, you did mention there could be some family uh, in the stands and things like that. And that that sparked my my memory on something else here. Uh, the NBA, from what we understand. Uh, just to tie things up, is is not going to allow families in until after all those bubble teams, so to speak, are – I guess they're all bubble teams now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. those, after the, those fringe playoff teams, I should say, are, are removed. Yeah. And yeah. so when you've got – as you've got, say, you know, the Wizards and the, the Suns and whoever, right, gets eliminated – once they move out, then you're moving family members in. So your total number of people probably doesn't change all that much. Now, obviously, new people coming in, there's, you know, you've got some risk there and everything. But I think that's a really good way to mitigate the risk while still giving players an opportunity to spend time with their families. They can say, look, you know, you're going to be away from your family, but it's only going to be this short period because as soon as these other teams leave, then they're coming in instead of, hey, if you go all the way to the championship, you're going to be here three months and not see your family. Three months, yeah. Yeah, three months without any access to your family is, you know, that's not even what they ask of them at the Olympics. Right. You know, and that, and even then, the families usually go with them right, to some degree um, to the Olympics. So, yeah, I, I, that that sounds like that is the plan. It is, you know, as soon as they, they pare down the field a little bit, families can come in. Families would be part of the quote-unquote bubble, whatever that means. Um, now that seems to be kind of ever-evolving. And then those families would be allowed to attend those games, which gives them some semblance of a crowd there. And there's a big belief in the NBA, you know, that when you win a championship, you want to be there with the people who mean the most to you and celebrate that with them. And at least they're there. And, you know, for a change, rather than somebody saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to Disney World, they're going to be like, I'm leaving Disney World. I'm leaving Disney you know, World. And it gets, uh, you know, could, could be the way that one goes down after three months months there you know as somebody who spent uh day in day out going there for nearly 20 years it's uh you know three three months every single day that's even a lot of disney for me (laughs) 
You just won an NBA championship. What are you going to do next? I'm going home. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm going home. Yeah, right. I'm going home because I got to rest for a week before next season. Before starts. the next season. That's right. It is going to be a <laughs> so, quick turnaround. Yeah, um, and we did see what draft lottery is going to be. Was it September? I'm blanking. Uh, August that's or what September. it sounds like. I, I'm still hearing a lot of things to be answered with the draft, the draft lottery, uh, withdrawal dates for early entry candidates is all still to be determined. The teams still want to do a pre-draft process where they get an opportunity to uh, at least do the medical checks on these players. Um, those are such a huge part of the process. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be be a little bit for them to work through all that and get it all together. But, you know, that, that stuff, I, I think everything has been – Let's focus on how we get the season back, what is the format, and then we go from there. Yeah. Bottom line, most important, the NBA is back. Got to gotta love that. that. That feels so good to say. Yep. Yeah, man. That's right. Mickey with a hoop, ball in his hand, ready to throw down. Disney, you know, that's going to be where it's all at. I'm super excited. I cannot wait. You know, this is a, you know, I think, um, you know, I don't want to distract from any of the much more important mm-hmm. things that are happening in our country right now. And you and I have both tweeted about that and expressed our support for the uh, folks that are, you know, out there trying to protest and, and get the right thing for, for the uh, black community. Um, you know, we want to make sure that they are heard and that they, they are, um, you know, seen and, and, and all of those things there. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, that doesn't take away from my excitement that the NBA is coming back. And I think a lot of the good that it can do to help, you know, give uh, some people who may need it a very necessary distraction from, you know, a lot of the things that have been going on in the, in the country since really for some people all the way back to January, February, and definitely since March. Absolutely. Absolutely. Perfectly said. Um, Okay. So I think that's a good spot to end on. Don't forget guys, make sure you do rate review and subscribe to our show. We love reading all of your comments over on Apple podcasts. Um, and again, give us that, that five-star rating. If you wouldn't mind, we would certainly appreciate it. It helps us grow our show. So if you like what you've been, been listening to and watching, uh, we would appreciate that. And again, if you're watching us on the Lakers nation, YouTube channel, make sure you do, uh, subscribe here and don't forget to ring that notification bell. You can follow Keith, uh, at tw- on Twitter at Keith Smith NBA. You can follow me at Trevor underscore lane and on Instagram at Trevor lane NBA. Keith, I think we're out of here. That's it, man. Let's do it. Let's uh, let's rest up because I think we're gonna have a big busy summer coming for us. Yep. Next week we'll break down all the all the other news that comes out. Board of Governors meeting is uh, is tomorrow, so we're gonna hear. I'm sure some other things are gonna come out from that. So next week we'll be back to break down everything else. There's gonna be a ton more news coming out. Lots to do as we get ready for the NBA to return. I'm so excited. Can't wait. Thank you everybody for watching and listening. Till next time. See ya.